Welcome to episode two of Beer and Bits with your host, Brandon Krussell. And Cole Stevens. Thank you guys for checking us out. We are two buds with a new side every episode, talking about current big gaming events this week. I like what you did there, episode. What? Episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so today's beer is brought to you thanks to our friends at Gremlin Growlers, our favorite place to go for all our needs uh, craft beer. Today's beer is the Positive Image from Printer's Ale Manufacturing Company here in Carrollton, Georgia. It's a local brewery. Uh, and they uh, Gremlin had a tap attack last night with pr- pr- Printer's Ale, and I was unfortunately unable to drink any of it last night. Um, but hey, they had it there tonight, grabbed it up, uh, and Positive Image is a New England-style IPA. And I love IPAs because they're, you know, citrusy, um, but like it is hoppy, it's mildly bitter and has a smooth feel going down. And that is what we will be drinking on tonight as we talk about games. For sure. We got a quite a few juicy topics to talk about this week. They range in a bit more variety this time around, wouldn't you say? They really do. Uh, you know, there wasn't like a ton of like big things that dropped. Wasn't any uh, Borderlands or Epic drama th- this week that was different than last week. But there's like definitely some new things that like went down. That's like, all right, let's talk about this. Like some old things that have been brought back up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess to say on things that have been brought back up in a sense the. The hit craze now that Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. It's a uh, it's a from software game, and that studio is very well known for making the Soulsborne games or the Dark Souls and Bloodborne, so to speak. Tough games, very tough games, but very rewarding when you beat them. And ever since the first Dark Souls game, there has been the constant kind of back and forth within the community of if there should be an easy mode for these games or a difficulty selection and. While there is some valid points to those arguments of saying, like, not everyone is going to be able to finish the game because of its difficulty curve, that everyone should be allowed to go through it or finish it or whatever, but, you know, it's it's just not the game that they were trying to make, you know? Some games are not for everyone, and just because Sekiro is the newest game to be released from 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 software... It uh, it's just reignited that old discussion, and what are your thoughts on that, Brandon? Um, uh, we'll give some background here. Uh, Sekiro has sold two million copies, I think, in ten days since re- release. I did not know those numbers. That is that is quite impressive. Two million copies, like that is huge. For like, I'm not sure. Like we don't see games like sell that fast very often. Um, so that's a really big deal. It means like kind of saying like, hey, people are seeing that this is a great game that they want to play, and they come in realizing like it is, it is from from software, so it's going to be hard. Um, and there was an like an article that came out from PC Gamer uh, that someone had like cheated to like beat the game because it was so difficult. And so, like, people people have been coming back, like, you know, you know, well, is this, like, okay? Is this not okay? Um, when you cheat or try to make a game easier, you're cheating yourself and cheating the experience that developers are trying to uh, give you. And I don't know if we should be using the term easy. Um, there's a response from the director of God of War um, talking about, like, how, like, we should not be using easy, but the word accessible 
ability. Because what might be difficult for me may not be difficult for another player, but there's still a level of difficulty. Like, Yoshi, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World is difficult for me and for my wife. Like, she's doing the easy mode. Um, and that's still, you know, difficult for her since she's more of a more casual of a gamer than I am. Um, but she's still experiencing difficulty and she's still experiencing uh, a challenge according to her playing level. And so like, I'm all for differing levels of accessibility. Uh, I will not pick up a copy of Sekiro. Uh, same way that I'm not going to pick up a copy of Cuphead on Switch <laughs> because why would I want to punish myself when I know specifically that those games are designed for more hardcore, avid gamers than my, myself? I mean, that, that it makes sense. Like That's where a lot of the, the points to that side of the discussion that I can understand a lot. And to that same extent, it also offers the ability for these gamers that want the super challenging or in time certainly punishing of games with a high uh, skill gap to really test themselves or to kind of say if they want that extreme challenge they could have that you know like have every game available to you like it it's your money buy the game that you want to with its type of difficulty like make that decision as yourself like it's not the game company's responsibility per se to cater to every possible person they are making their product and uh, it is your choice to f- buy it if it is an experience you want to go through you know what i mean for sure um yeah like everyone's going to have a different experience but at the end of the day i think developers want people to enjoy their game and not be frustrated i mean look at uh dead cells dead cells is a frustratingly tough game for sure uh <laughs> for and, like sure. you die so many times and yeah like, you beat a boss and then like you move on and then you die like as soon as you got past that first boss and it's like i'm back to the start all over again um it's a sense of continuously getting better but you know i'm not gonna put like a you know, my niece who's like two on like a tough game. I'm going to try and find a game that's appropriate for her and give her that accessibility that gives her challenge. Um, or even for like my wife, like I'm, I'm going to give Kate like a challenge of a game, but also something that she can enjoy that wants, like that makes her want to come back. And I think that's what developers ultimately want. They want to create an experience that brings gamers back, except if you're EA uh, or Bioware, apparently. They want to bring you back if you got more money in your wallet. Yep, Bethesda. Ugh! <laughs> no, no harsh feelings there. <laughs> but hey, Cole, they, uh, you were talking to me earlier about Dragon Age 4 uh, and things that have come out in light today on Dragon Age 4. Yeah, so uh, Jason Trier had posted another article relating to more... Div- inside to Bioware development. Bioware being the studio that has, over the years, developed the original Knights of the Old Republic. They have developed the newest Anthem. They've also developed the Mass Effect series, as well as the Dragon Age series. Dragon Age 4 is the next anticipated title in that specific series, and it has gone through a cancellation and a reboot 
during its development cycle and what was the development cycle of Anthem. And it has been brought to light in this other article that it is being built off of Anthem's source code rather than the previous Dragon Age's source code, which still had more of its grounded single-player roots with its hints of multiplayer. So the speculation is that being built off of Anthem source code, it will be much more of a live-service, multiplayer-focused game. Granted, it is still pretty early in development, but from what these developers have, have been telling Jason Trier, it is looking to go more towards a live-service, more easily monetizable experience rather than what the series was known for. And it's got many gamers, including myself, nervous for what the studio has become as a whole. I really hope that's not the case. I mean, like, you can create, like, a great live, like, you know, online playing experience. I mean, look at Diablo 3, um, how, how you can play with your friends online. It's still a great experience, but also that like, you have uh, NPCs that you can play with. And I hope that, like, they don't do to Dragon Age what they've done with Anthem and look at monetization. Because, like, Bioware, like... They've they've done well with RPG games. Like they get the base. Like when I think RPG, like I I, I really do like look at Bioware and the games that they make. Thinking about Mass Effect one, two, and three. Maybe not Andromeda so much. Uh, <laughs> no, that is a uh, yeesh. But like you you look at Bioware and expect for them to put out a polished, uh, you know. RPG and Anthem was as, you know, so far it's a letdown. Um, because, you know, companies and publishers are getting greedy and they're trying to push gamers for more and more. But it hurts the overall, like, economy of gaming mm-hmm. when you're trying to pull in so many different things and so many different people. Like, why not just do a great game that can do what Sekiro did and sold 10 million or sorry not 10 2 million copies in 10 days like that's big that's huge for a company and for a developer like from software um also to add to that funny enough with Sekiro selling the way it did it was published by Activision who is just as greedy of a company if not more at times than EA or Bethesda now and It goes to show a little more... I would say I have a little more respect for Activision at this point because Sekiro does not have any post-game monetization, at least announced or planned at this point. It is, the game is out, this is the game, and have fun. It is not a super monetizable, trying-to-make-all-the-money-in-the-world type of game. And I feel that's where EA could take some notes specifically... To where not every game that they publish has to be a FIFA or has to be a Call of Duty in some cases where they just milk people dry of money with microtransactions and DLCs and season passes and early editions and just all kind of stuff. Like it, build, build your brand with some games that are just really good games. Like invest in that. And you could still have your heavily monetized games. Like, it's not necessarily a wrong thing to do. But don't 
make that your pure focus as an entire company to make all the money in the world. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just focus on, on creating a great game and put out a great game and it'll bring in the money with it. Just like Field of Dreams. Build it and they will come. For real. Well, cool. Is that all on Dragon Age 4? I believe that's all the relevant information as of late related to Dragon Age. Alright. Well, with that, that's kind of our two big gaming news for this week. We're going to move on to the Nintendo Buzz with Brandon. Uh, I've got some like big things that have really got me upset and heated. And I've told you about this. And we are going to talk about these because like... This is ridiculous. Mortal Kombat 11. Come to your Switch. Amen. Praise the Lord. Like, hallelujah. Like, thank God Mortal Kombat 11 is coming to Switch. Like, we need that. It says a lot about the system, a lot about the console. But, and there's a huge but here. It's coming in on a six, or on an 8 gigabyte cartridge. And the amount of data on that, that cartridge, is, cartridge is only 6.5 gigabytes of a the full 22 gigabyte game, meaning day one, there's almost a 16 gigabyte download you have to do onto your Switch. And cool, the Switch comes with only 32 gigabytes of stored, like of storage space of available to you. So it's like, what? Are you, like, oh, you're cheaping out. You're cheaping out. Cole, I'm sorry. This this makes me so upset because it's like you shouldn't. We like oh, I can't even talk. I can't even talk again. <laughs> this is the third time I've talked about this tonight too. Ah, uh, sounds like a, if they if you're gonna be playing it on Switch, they want that to be the only thing you're playing on Switch. If they're gonna make it take up that much space, for real. I mean, we saw that with uh, NBA Two K eighteen, um, and I, you know, I got that, and then I was like, oh man, that's like twenty gigabytes of my storage. Forget that. Um, I want to get rid of that. I, I don't play it enough as it is uh, anymore at, at this point. But like Mortal Kombat 11 being such like a hyped game, such a like a looked forward to game coming to Switch, I get hurt. It's like, why did you like stab us in the back like that? Um, but then it gets worse because like Wolfenstein Youngblood coming to Switch. Awesome, thank you, Bethesda. Like you, like you're working with with great companies to bring games to Switch. Uh, we we want that. We've been asking for for more support, and you have given it to us. But if you go buy the game in store, it, go buy a physical copy of the game. You open the case. There's no cartridge. There's a download code. There's a download code. Like why would you even bother selling the case? Like, you don't need to. Like, it's just a download code. Why could you not just put it on a cartridge and give us a cartridge? Because you can't really in- increase the size of storage on your Switch for cheap. Like, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. I mean, the one terabyte micro SD card is coming out in the next few months. But it's going to be like $500 to get one terabyte of space on it. So, Which, at that point, you're just buying another console, it seems like. Like, you could buy a... PlayStation Four and Xbox One for half that price these days. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're almost paying for an iPad, which an iPad comes with more built-in storage than the Switch. Granted, they are a lot more expensive, and you look at Apple Arcade that's coming out. Like, there's some good-looking games 
coming to Apple Arcade. But still, like the Switch should be able to do more. I understand it was, like it's it's low on the storage space to decrease costs and make it affordable at the three hundred dollar range. You know, hopefully when we get a Switch Pro, hopefully this year, uh, you know, we'll get more space and we'll see an increase in storage and increase in performance, and maybe companies will stop trying to cheap out and put large games on small cartridges and force you to download half. Well, in this case, like two-thirds of the game. Do you think it would be at all possible for the Switch Pro or the the next version of these consoles to move past cartridges and maybe go to like smaller discs or something that would be giving more room to the code to work with, you know, as opposed to working on such a tiny cartridge in the circuit boards, it would have more room to f- like flesh out. I mean, am I just am I just thinking too abstract on that matter? I've so, like, you're talking, like, the PSP and PS Vita. Yeah, or, like, say, even, like, a GameCube disc. Like, it could... Given the size of the Switch, it has the room, I would think. But... Uh, so, like, I see what, what what you're saying, but you got to think, like, now you've got to put a disc drive in your Switch that's going to be constantly up and down, like, tossed, dropped by, by kids. I mean, hopefully, you're like, if, if a Switch Pro comes out, it's not dropped by kids. <laughs> but you got to build it... Like it's it's more than what the the PSP or PS Vita was, um, or is still, because it's doing more. I, I I think it's capable of more than what those were built and designed for. Uh, so no, I I don't see discs coming to the Switch, but you know they do have large cartridges of available for games for the Switch. I think Nintendo just needs to lessen the Switch tax. Alright, uh, next thing on the Nintendo Buzz, there were, this week it had been rumored that there would be a Nintendo Direct today, this morning, uh, obviously there was not, and that's kind of like, got me to a point where, like, why do we keep coming up with these r- rumors, like, why can we not just, like, let Nintendo sur- surprise us as a fan base, and be content with, like, getting them when we, we get them, like, yes, like, we want them, we want to know when these big games are coming out, like, if you see, like, what's been happening and, like, what's been released and talked about, like, the fact that uh, God Eater 3, I know you don't know anything about God Eater, but I feel like that, that's a pretty big game to, to be coming to the Switch. Um, we have saw that Dragon's Dogma, I don't think, was in a direct. Like, that was, uh, you know, told separately. I thought it was in a direct of earlier in the year at some point. Before or after it was announced to come to switch when was when was it originally announced uh i feel like in january january it was i think it was like february or something like that when i had seen it in a direct it may have been the direct after it was released i'll have to go back and check that um by the way if you're listening and you're like man that's wrong or you want to correct things download the anchor app uh and you can leave us a message that we can actually play it and listen to on our podcast so please do that. Uh, we would love to interact with you guys and hear your questions or your thoughts on things that we talk about in past podcasts, and we'll do like a rewind se- uh, section if we start getting some of those. Yeah, any insight you guys have or questions you have for us or just anything you want to contribute to the show, just uh, download the Anchor app and send us send us what you got. Um, but I do think... Moving back to the direct, I do think that we will definitely see a direct by the end of the month because Reggie retires, I think, at the beginning of next week. 
Uh, I, th- I thought it was at the beginning of the month. Sometime this no, I'm pretty sure it was like the beginning of next week. I thought I thought it was like April fifteenth. Uh, he was retiring. And you are the you are more knowledgeable on Nintendo news than I am, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. So it it would be cool to have a direct and like Reggie gets to announce Metroid Prime tr- trilogy deluxe coming to Switch. That would be incredible. Summer. That would be cool. That would be incredible. Like send him out with with a bang and, and all all of these games that have been like sitting on the show. Like Reggie gets to announce before he steps down, and Doug Bowser, you know President Bowser. Uh-huh. Jokes dun, dun, there. Dun dun dun. Uh, takes over, um, but it'd be cool like, to get a direction to send Reggie out with a bang. Um, but I do think we will definitely see a direct before the end of the month if we're going to have one. If not, it's going to be e three when we get our next big direct, and I think e three this year is going to be huge for Nintendo between Pokemon, Animal Crossing, Luigi's Mansion three. Like, there's so many. Great games to coming to the Switch this year. I think the Switch will, will, will win 2019. Like This is their year. They definitely have a leg up for sure. With Sony having stepped down this year from E3, it just puts even more eyes on Nintendo and Xbox to really blow us out of the water. And I would think, like you say, Nintendo has a lot more of a, a lot more of a audience that they've already kind of captured with the Direct. Like They're constantly in tune with what they have going on and this being the time when the whole world looks in on the gaming industry, it's their chance to really shine and uh, really make a positive impact on the brand. Yeah. Uh, and then, next thing here, uh, our friend Shane was supposed to join us t- tonight in recording. Uh, we, we talked about how th- this got started at Gremlin. We would meet, play Smash, uh, and just hang out and talk gaming. And Shane was part of that, uh, and Shane was unable to be with us tonight, um, but Shane was super excited about the, this one game coming to the Switch, and that is Catan, uh, which I love Catan. I started playing that back when I was in high school, you know, years ago, because uh, I'm so old, I'm not, <laughs> but like Catan's a great game, and I am excited that it's coming to the Switch, and that's... There's another way to play it on the go that I don't have to mess with a bunch of like board pieces. Uh, and it's easier to just travel with because I'm already traveling with my Switch because I'm a big child. Uh, I mean, it's a massive benefit with the Switch being able to take it on the go. It's it's the pure hybrid of a handheld console and of actually stay-at-home console. It is. It's exciting. Um, can't wait for Catan to come out. I think that might have to be a June pickup. We'll see. Because uh, there's just so many things coming out, and depending on what E3 drops, uh, and we'll talk about our in- anticipated games for the summer. And this game, I think, that will drop in June. Uh, I think you and I both are super excited for. Uh, but then, okay, so last thing here for the, the Nintendo Buzz before I let you talk about your tiny PlayStation port for today. It's <laughs> your uh, PlayStation drip today. <laughs> Uh, Octopath, tra- tra- dude, we should call it like the place. Nah, it doesn't really work. Uh, <laughs> Octopath Traveler exclusivity is ending for the Switch, uh, and a PC version is coming out in the next few months. Now, I think that's a great thing, uh, for for Square. Enix, because like this is a great game. You've you've been playing it. You loved it. You- I have. I I put 
close to 90 hours into the game. It was the one Switch game that I greatly gravitated towards. And it really, I felt, captured the identity of the Switch and what, how it worked and the way the gameplay was. And it was just a very good JRPG. And I, I, I think it's good that it's coming to PC. Like, I would, I would feel a little on edge if it was going to other consoles. But PC is a platform that I think is great for any game to be on. Like, say, if Xbox has their exclusive games, but also how the Master Chief Collection is coming to PC now. It's a, PC is just a great platform for all games of all kinds because it's, it's where they're built from to begin with. So, it, uh, it, I don't know. I, I think it's a very good move. It was a very great game, and going to PC also opens it up a lot more to other players that would not have played it otherwise. So, and com- it increases the likelihood of a sequel. Exactly, and well, there also there already is somewhat of a sequel right now. There's like a free mobile game which doesn't necessarily follow the story, but it's more of a kind of just a combat simulation of the game. It's a uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but it was it was an Octopath spinoff, so to speak. But you're right, with it being on PC and Switch, giving it a much larger player base, exposing it to a lot more gamers, it gives the series a ch- a chance to possibly get a sequel. And it was a very good story, mind you. Like putting ninety hours into it, it was. It, it was just, it was such a good game. I, I loved the game so much. It was so good. It was for like four months. That's all you ever talked about was Octopath. It was. It was, I, I just love, I love a good JRPG. You do. All right, well, that is it for the Nintendo Buzz with Brandon. Thanks for listening. And now, Cole, give us the PlayStation Poor. Well, it's more of just a PlayStation drip at this point. The uh, majority of PlayStation news has been pretty dry, although... Finally, after how long has the f- PSN been a thing? Since PS3, way back in 2006, was it? Is that when PS3 came out, Brandon? You remember? Uh, honestly, I have no idea when it came out. Well, it, it was a long time ago. Very long time ago. And up until now, if you made your account to whatever name it was, you couldn't change it. That's what it was. You could change the email address it was associated with or change your password and all that, but the account name could not be changed. Other services would let you do that, like Xbox Live, or did Nintendo ever let you f- change your f- account name? Uh, constantly I can change my like ID on the Switch and change like my gamer tag. So yeah, like it, it had that feature, but PSN or PlayStation Network with Sony never did. So, this most recent software update to the PlayStation finally brings that to fruition to where you can change your PSN account name. However, it does have some major drawbacks. Those drawbacks being not every PlayStation game will be compatible with that change. So, say you have a bunch of games that you've put... What are you pointing at? Oh, some some of the games include Little Big Planet Three, Everybody's Golf, uh, M- MLB The Show fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, and Just Dance twenty seventeen. Yeah, those are 
that's a list of games that have problems with what I was getting at, saying that if you if you change your name, it is susceptible to having corrupted save files or say you had purchased DLCs or just post game purchases in in that specific game, it may not be there because the game won't recognize the fact that you had changed your name since that was such an embedded feature back in those days or even for some of the most recent games. It uh it's just a very iffy kind of thing to do. So it's great that the feature's there, but if you have a game that was say on that list you were just reading out or even more that may be bound to show up as more people change their names and play other games that they have, it is a it is a very risky endeavor to take. So if you don't have many games under that account you're trying to change, you're probably okay to do so. But I would I would just exercise much precaution if you decide to go along that route. And besides that, that's about all there is in the PlayStation Pour this week. I think I'll start calling the short ones little PlayStation drips. Because yeah, there's really nothing on tap. Oh. <laughs> 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 all right, so now for a new segment we're, we call Precipitation Anticipation. What are we we looking forward to to like game wise that will be released in the next couple of months? At least we think will be released in the next couple of months. I think a great game that was when when was it last announced? It was in a Nintendo Direct, wasn't it? Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three. It was a last announcement. No, it was the Game Awards, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, so yeah, it was the Game Awards where they unveiled that. That was a great series from back in the day on other consoles and it was quite a shock to see it pop up as a nintendo switch exclusive this time around yeah nintendo kind of resurrected the series in the same way uh they worked with uh suda 51 to get uh travis strikes back um onto the switch like nintendo's been coming out and like resurrecting games just for the switch and it has been awesome uh, I, for one, am super excited that Ultimate Alliance 3 is coming out. I I have a sneaky suspicion it'll be be a June drop uh, as soon as Avengers Endgame comes out since, you know, uh, Thanos is in the game. This is, this is true. A lot, of the, a lot of the big Avengers characters that are in the movies are staple highlights in this game, and even some that aren't there. Like, it... It very much encapsulates all of what Marvel is, comics and movies alike, as far as characters and possible storylines, or just it. It really just captures that that Marvel hero fantasy. Like it's a it's a good it's a good Marvel IP that hasn't been used in a quite a while, and I'm very looking forward to diving back into it. And we get to play online t- together, Cole. This is this is true. It is a. Uh, it is a good multiplayer experience, hopefully. Maybe if I can get some high-quality internet, we could stay in a game for longer than five minutes. I hope so. Because I'm planning on playing with you because you're my only friend on my Switch. I'm, like, that's not true, but... <laughs> you could be. You, you, you could be, Cole. You could become my only friend on the Switch if, if you pick up Ultimate Alliance 3. Uh, but also, like, you know, hopefully by the time it drops, like, we could be streaming... This this is true. We uh we definitely have ambitions for this. Uh, and the, the 
another game that I'm really looking forward to that was it's announced in a Nindy Direct back in the fall uh, was Untitled Goose Game. I don't know if you've seen footage of the game, but you basically play it as a goose uh, causing mayhem. Wait a minute, so that's literally the name of the game is Untitled Goose Game? I'm pretty sure that's the actual title of the game. Like It's listed as Untitled Goose Game on the Nintendo website. But you play as a goose and like you basically like bother like humans. So it's like a, so it's like goat simulator in a way. Kind of, yeah, but you're a goose and you're going around like grabbing like people's uh wallets out of their back pocket or like <laughs> biting them in the rear. Uh like you're being a very annoying goose. It's like this looks so stupid. Like it's gonna be fantastic. Like I'm like that that will, will be a day one purchase for me as soon as, as we get a release date because it looks like it's been pushed back and pushed back because it, it was supposed to be spring 2019 release uh in the fall nindy's direct yeah i have i haven't personally heard too much about this game like have you have they shown gameplay for it or was yeah. it just an announcement no uh th- there has been gameplay i know that, that they've been at pax um and i know they've been showing the game off at pax uh so it should be coming soon. Like it shouldn't be much, like too much, uh, longer before it comes out. Because uh, I'm ready to play as a goose. Yeah, the uh, Goat Simulator back in its heyday. I mean, it was still a funny game in that sense, but it was a very underdeveloped concept. It was funny and glitchy to run around with, but being that this Untitled Goose game sounds similar to it in mechanical structure it would be it would be amazing to see a game like that more fleshed out and built in today's engines and workings you know like i've i'm my interest is peaked and then next month in may i never played this game i've never played uh the games in the the series but we don't have like man these, these are all kind of nintendo games we're looking forward to this year really is kind of dry from the other consoles I mean, they're really just getting ready for the next generation of consoles. You know, they got a few games coming out here or there before the next generation is announced, which either this E3 or sometime early next year is when the next generations, whether it be the PlayStation 5 or whatever Xbox decides to call their next console, will they, they're going to be announced within the next year or so. So I would imagine they're more focused at this point building a strong launch lineup for those consoles than the few straggling games of this generation uh well so this game there's no gta 5 on the switch but saints row the third is coming to the switch may 10th i'll say it's may 10th uh and i'm kind of excited about that i've never played them but like i've been watching uh gameplay uh and it looks like it's kind of fun. Kind of has that like hijacking cars and robbery going on. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a Grand Theft Auto influenced game, but it definitely takes its own wacky spin on world building and story and characters, and it's it's definitely more of a la- like more of a laugh than GTA. Like it's a it's a funny time. It's a it's a it's a good time. I've I specifically haven't played many of those games, but I played Saints Row Gat Out of Hell, 
which was a spin-off fish game from the fourth installation in the series, and I absolutely adored it. Like, it took a very comical approach to the GTA open-world formula, with it being, like, say, hijacking cars, or fighting enemies in the in the streets, or finding a giant tank and just wrecking havoc, or jumping over buildings, like, doing whatever you want, basically. And it was a... It was just a really unique and yet familiar experience. So, any any Saints Row game at that to that regard is worth a playthrough, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Saints Row the Third. I hope you guys are too. Pick up something fun, something a little more casual, I guess. If you guys got any games that you're looking forward to. Uh, be sure to let us know through the Anchor app, and we'll f- play it on here and see uh, see what we can talk about. Wait, that's th- th- those are three games that I'm looking forward to in the next three months. Uh, hopefully, next week when we sit down, like we'll have a direct to talk about, or we can add into it. We'll put it directly into the podcast. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then Xbox has an inside Xbox event N- next week. So we might see some uh, first party games, some uh, Microsoft IPs get announced. I would very much be excited to see some stellar Xbox exclusives coming out. I know they had made quite the studio purchase this year, capturing five stoop not capturing well acquiring five studios to make first party xbox exclusive games one of them being the same studio that developed uh sonya sacrifice was it and that was visually and experience wise and an amazing game and i i'm very looking forward to seeing what xbox has up their sleeve for their next line of exclusives it should be an interesting, it's not a direct or state of play, uh, but yeah, I'm hope, hopefully we'll, we'll get a good uh, insight to what the rest of this year is going to look like, or, or at least like some things to look forward to that may be a little less big compared to E3 where we might hear about some consoles. Yeah, they'll probably save the big hardware announcements for the big conferences, but Maybe try to sprinkle in the games more like direct style. I feel like that would benefit them a lot more. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Uh, again, if you have questions or you want to leave your opinions or if there's things that we got wrong, you're like, man, that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard, download the the Anchor app uh, and leave us a message at Beer and Bits and we will get to it next week. Because uh, we want you guys to interact. We, we, we want to hear your thoughts and opinions. Uh, so yeah, please share them with us. Yeah, uh, next week should, should be good, especially with uh, just hopefully more more news to talk about. You know, it's always just a good time to sit down and talk about these things. Yeet. All right, yeet. <laughs>